Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth, and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. We've got a lot on the program today. I want to start out with this new businessman's conspiracy. Uh, you'll recall that was the name of the program that tried to take down Roosevelt in 33. This authoritarian plot is closer than you think, or maybe not. We'll cover that and how people are very scared in Florida because they have a neo-fascist leader, which kind of, you know, comes out of that. We'll get to that. And will Kirsten Cinema do what her voters want or stick with the billionaires? I'm going to get into that. Her state Democratic Party has some interesting things to say about her. And I want to start with this piece that I published today over at HartmanReport.com, my daily rant. It's titled, The New Businessman's Conspiracy Authoritarian Plot is Closer Than You Think. And I mean, this, this week may well be the very last chance for Democrats to pass a large, significant, meaningful, change your life America, notice this when you go to the polls, kind of chunk of legislation that will define President Joe Biden's presidency that is beloved in every respect. There is no piece of this legislation of the, of the uh, three and a half, the so-called three and a half trillion dollar reconciliation bill, the Build Back Better plan is its official name. The media doesn't like using that because they love saying three and a half trillion dollars, even though it's over 10 years, but don't get me started. Anyhow, there is no part of that that polls below 50%. Most of it polls over 80%. Most of it polls over 70% with Republicans. And yet, it could go down in flames because of Republican opposition, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, and a handful of uh, bought-off Democrats like Kurt Schrader here in Oregon, Peters in California, etc. Most history shows that most Democratic nations don't realize how close or how, how it is or how serious their fascism problem is until it absolutely overtakes them. And when it does, they're like in shock. How did this happen? What do we do? 
and suddenly they're they're just being crushed. Or I'm, uh, as you know, I'm working on a new book on neoliberalism, and I've been reading uh, the history of Chile, what happened there, you know, when Pinochet took over, and it was like, you know, they they kind of like in a matter of a couple of days went from having a real nice country with a four percent unemployment rate and a good economy, to having the military in the street to hurting thousands of so-called dissidents into the stadium and machine gunning them, uh, to taking high-profile dis dissidents and helicopters out, um, got cutting open their stomachs with knives so that their bodies wouldn't float, and then throwing them out of airplanes or out of helicopters rather into the ocean. A uh, favorite T-shirt, by the way, among some of the right-wing militia groups. You know, helicopters for liberals. People just don't realize that it's coming until it's already too late. Uh, I, I would argue this is true in Hungary. It was true in Turkey. It was true in Egypt. It was true in Russia. It was true in the Philippines. It's, it's playing out right now in Brazil. It's playing out right now in Poland and India. And here in America, our fascism problem is a hell of a lot closer than most Americans realize. And fascism isn't just about the merger of corporate and state interests or oligarch and state interests. It also requires the repudiation of the rule of law, the, re the repudiation of the institutions of democracy. And typically, it also includes a large chunk of racism. And that's exactly what's happening inside the Republican Party right now because of Trumpism, because this Trumpism has always been about fascism. And those few Republicans who voted in the House and Senate to impeach Donald Trump are finding their local and state parties repudiating them. And, uh, you know, oh, it's these, uh, you know, Jewish-funded, black-controlled deep state that's working against our savior, Donald Trump. You know, we've seen this movie before. This is how Hitler rose to power in, in the 30s. He was arrested in 1923 after the Beer Hall push. Well, it wasn't the Beer Hall. It was they left the Beer Hall and they went down to the Parliament building in Bavaria, in Munich, and seized it, just like on January 6th, and got nearly as far as capturing the governor of the state and, and imprisoning him. They didn't quite get that far. They got arrested before they got that far, and Hitler ended up in prison for like, what, six months, as I recall, or a year? during which time he wrote Mein Kampf and, and prepared his comeback, which is exactly what Donald Trump is doing right now. And Republican officials are unwilling to acknowledge this, or they're gleeful about it. They think that somehow they can manage this. They, they've got this tiger, and they think they can ride the back of it. I mean, we saw this, I mean, we even saw this in the media when uh, the Senate refused to vote to convict Donald Trump and instead the newspaper said that he was exonerated or acquitted, which was not, neither one was the case. These are all the symptoms of a political party that's been taken over by a fascist element. And for years now, this, this fascist element within the Republican Party and particularly within the base of the Republican Party, to a large extent this is being driven from the bottom up because these people are afraid of primaries. And it has been nurtured by foreign governments, by foreign trolls, by a small number of American oligarchs, and by a large number of American white supremacists. I mean, this, is, this process began with the Reagan revolution, and we are now at the kind of logical end point. Before the Reagan revolution in 81, Congress passed things that Americans wanted. 
That's how we got Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, food stamps, housing supports, Pell Grants for college, long-term unemployment, the minimum wage, food and drug safety, laws and agencies protecting our clean air and our clean water. Everything that the Republican Party today opposes, 100% of it. This has all been since the Reagan Revolution. Their singular focus has been on tax cuts for the morbidly rich and big corporations. And that's extraordinarily dangerous. And the main reason is because we're, we've slid into an oligarchy, as I wrote about in my book, The Hidden History of American Oligarchy. And oligarchies almost never last more than one generation. Typically, within 20 years of an oligarchy seizing power, one of two things happens. Either it reverts back to a democracy, you can see the example of that in Chile and Argentina, or it turns into a full-blown police state which ultimately can only be brought down by being defeated, typically in war, which is what happened in Germany, Italy, Spain, Japan. And we're there. I mean, we had an oligarchy try to take over America in the Civil War, the, the oligarchs from the South. And FDR called them out. And this is the exact dynamic we're seeing right now. And there's no, sh and, if, and if Trump isn't gonna be the guy in 2024, there's no shortage of Republicans who are willing to stand in for him as, as the, the neo-fascist leader, Ted Cruz, Tom Cotton, Rick Scott, Josh Hawley. If we don't stand up and repudiate this right across the board, if we don't show up in overwhelming numbers in the 2022 election and prevent the Republicans from taking the House or the Senate, either one of those, they're gonna shut down these investigations into January 6th and they're gonna set the stage for 2024. We got to do this. This is the Tom Hartman program. We have a big job ahead of us, my friends. And welcome back, Todd in Seattle. Hey, Todd, uh, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. Um, how appropriate. I think the big picture that most, it appears that most people are overlooking, and I feel like I should be called Captain Obvious for this, is if we don't do something to preserve democracy and ensure that our votes are counted properly and that voting means something, none of the other programs and the budget and all these things that they're they're working on furiously right now are going to have a prayer after the midterms. We have to secure the vote and take away these uh, Republican attempts to override the will of the public. It's I terrible. agree. And the only the, the one single only way that can be done is by blowing up the filibuster or by drilling yeah. a hole in it for voting rights. And I, I think, think that, that there's a there's about a 50 50 chance that they're going to pull off the ladder. We'll see. Uh, Schumer is increasingly talking about, um, uh, you know, upgrading or improving or modifying or, uh, you know, whatever, updating the filibuster. Um, uh, I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah, that would help. But I feel that we also have a couple of uh, pseudo Democrats in cinema and mansion, which could possibly defeat that also. So it's a pretty. Uh, to me, it's pretty terrifying when I look at what could be happening to our country with these uh, 
denial of, of uh, the right for democracy, I guess, you know, ultimately to take away the take away the one vote, one person, one vote and turn it into. Uh, well, you know, Don used to predict his actions and everybody said, oh, he doesn't mean it. But when he's talking the big steel, I believe the big steel is happening. And it, if mm-hmm. we're not careful, the midterms are, are going to finalize it. This this week and next, in all probability, um, but particularly this week, because October 1st is Friday and October 1st is the beginning of the new uh, fiscal year for the government. And it's when all of the funding from the previous year runs out. October 1st is the beginning of 2022, government-wise. And right. I think that, and, and therefore, all this stuff has to be done before then, you know, between now and, and the end of the day Friday, or the end of the day Thursday. And, uh, I mean, theoretically, they could slop it over for another week or two, and Janet Yellen can run around, you know, like the little boy with his fingers in the dike in Amsterdam. But uh, that's going to be about it. But I think that, uh, you know, the bottom line is that what this next week is going to show, what, the, what today and the, and, the, and the four days following it are going to show, is how much steel Joe Biden has in his spine. We are going to find out. And he is either going to pull an LBJ and he's going to bend these arms and he's going to get voting rights legislation passed. And he's going to actually that may even take a little longer, but we'll see. But and he's going to get his reconciliation passed and he's going to get his big package passed. And and he will then get reelected or a Democrat will get elected in 2024 and he will win the midterms or he's going to fail to do those things. And Republicans are going to take the House and Senate in 2022. They're going to shut down all the investigations into January 6th. It's going to go into the rabbit hole. And and uh, 2024 is going to be the end of the republic. I mean, that's that's how I'm seeing it, Ted. Uh, Todd, yeah, me. I see it that way also. Yeah. I hope not. Yeah, I hope, I hope we're both wrong. Todd, thank you for the call. So just to kind of put a punctuation mark on this, as the uh, Senate Republicans are are preparing to block legislation that would fund the government, and we'll see where this goes, right? All all this debt ceiling would do is allow the government, the federal government, to pay the $7 trillion in debt that Donald Trump ran up, plus the bipartisan bill that was passed during the summer, the American Rescue Act, that bailed out Americans during the during the COVID crisis. It has nothing to do with what the Democrats are proposing to do going forward. It's about paying for bills that have already passed and the money has already been spent. That's all the debt ceiling increase does. But Republicans are lying through their teeth about it, as we saw this weekend on the Sunday shows. And uh, now Mitch McConnell, they want to tax, borrow, and spend historic sums of money without our input. No, sorry, you guys did that when Trump was president. We just want to raise the debt. See, the last year of the Trump presidency, they suspended the debt ceiling so that when Biden came into office, he'd have to deal with two years of it. So anyhow, McConnell, they'll raise the debt limit without our help. This is reality. I've been saying this very clearly since July. Right. Meanwhile, you've got workers in states controlled by Republicans who are scared to death about a whole bunch of things. Uh, Down in Florida, you've got workers who who are frightened if they say anything 
that the stool pigeons around them who are loyal to DeSantis interpret as being disloyal to the to their Fuhrer governor, governor DeSantis. Or if they simply want to know, did somebody in my office have COVID? Is, you know, Sally isn't at her desk today. Is, is that because all day Friday when she was coughing, she was coughing on us and now we're exposed? We'd like to know. If you just ask that question, you can lose your job in Florida right now. I mean, this is amazing, this, this uh, piece over at Raw Story, but I, I think the original reporting is, uh, yeah, I don't have it. Uh, but it's, oh, it's the Tampa Bay Times, here it is. Florida state employees are being threatened with demotions if they complain about not being notified when a colleague becomes seriously ill or dies from COVID. The workers are very scared, said Vicki Hall, president of a union that represents nearly half of Florida's 105,000 state employees. One Department of Revenue employee complained recently, they don't tell us when people have been in the building sick. We have to hear it through the grapevine that somebody's in the hospital or dead. If we complain, we are give, offered demotions. State Senator Lorraine Osley, a Democrat, told the newspaper, quote, many state employees live in fear of making any noise. They call us and don't even say what agency they're calling from. They're so frightened. Representative Allison Tant, another member of the, the State House, said, I get contacted daily about state employees who are fearful about COVID. I don't think there's a single constituent who worried out, who reached out to me who was not worried about retribution. So you've got neo-fascism going on in, in Florida. And then in Texas, Representative uh, Nick Freitas, who's, uh, excuse me, uh, this is not Texas, this is Virginia. In Virginia, Virginia delegate, uh, but it's apropos of the Texas law, Virginia delegate Nick, Nick Freitas, F-R-E-I-T-A-S, um, actually said, it's definitely more difficult for a woman to get pregnant from being raped. This is after on the weekend, uh, uh, Mike Wallace's son, Chris Wallace, asked uh, Go Governor Abbott, he said, you know, uh, you allowed 15,000 women to get raped in Texas last year while you were a governor, and now they can't get abortions, um, and you say you're gonna stop rape, really? Didn't work out all that well. Down in Florida, so now he's, I mean, he, this is Todd Aiken all over again, these Republican men who think that for some reason when women get raped, their body just kind of shuts down and they're not going to get pregnant. And therefore, we can have uh, anti-abortion bills that have no provisions for rape or incest, which is really a small slice of the larger issue, which is shouldn't women have control over their own bodies before viability, before fetal viability? And, and there were Republicans all over TV this weekend talking about, well, when you can hear a heartbeat, uh, sorry, you can't hear anything. There are some cells that will eventually become a heart that start twitching a little bit. And the ultrasound machine takes that little electronic twitch and turns it into a sound, but there's actually no sound there because there's no heart there. There's no blood to beat. You're talking about something the size of a grain of rice with a tail. But hey, you know, it's a heartbeat and uh, we got our story and we're going to stick to it and women can't get a break. This is really about men controlling women. This is really about the state controlling women. And down in Florida, it's about the state controlling state workers. And what do you call that? Fascism in my mind. Stick around. It's the Tom Hartman program, the place where despair is not an option.
Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef to you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And welcome back. Tom Harmon here with you and uh, Paul in Woodenville, Washington. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind? Well, Tom, just let me use my best Chris Wallace voice to ask you. Isn't it true that this constitutional democracy is a demonstrated uh, dysfunctional failure? Tell me how this... Not right across the board, no. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah, we've let's, got, let's, you know, the, the Electoral College is putting us, twisting us in knots. The last Republican who, who won the White House initially uh, with a majority of the vote was George Herbert Walker Bush in 88. Since then, no Republican has taken the White House with a majority of the votes. That needs to be fixed. And we've got, you know, badly disproportional representation in the United States Senate, which could be fixed with, uh, you know, at the very least, starting out by adding... Uh, Washington D.C., but you know, yeah, and 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 obviously the Supreme Court has screwed a number of things up by claiming judicial review, which is not in the Constitution. But what's your point, Paul? Uh, you just told me all the things that are failed that could be fixed. That that that's a contraindication right there. I would submit to you that things that we have learned been drummed into our heads, like there are checks and balances in our government, is a lot of crap. There aren't. There is the ability for the minority to obstruct and uh, basically draw the, the whole process to a halt uh, by means of what you've already described. I would say the one success, the one, uh, you know, unmitigated success of the United States has been economically, which has come primarily at the exploitation of people, many people, native and around the world. That's what America's economic success is based on, exploitation. And as a matter of fact, I hate to become too Marxist, but that's what he said. That's what capitalism would do. And that's what 
this great capitalism, all of our, our great uh, economy is built on exploitation. Are you, would you deny that? No. No, not at all. Okay. Our country was built, so you know, at, at least at least probably two-thirds of our economy from the founding of the republic until until the 1870s was built on slavery and from the 1870s until the 1940s was built on you know wildly underpaid labor and you know so basically we, since the 80s we're back there right and so uh... so uh, do we have equality liberty and justice for all obviously not never have okay okay so our, our humanitarian these are reasonable ideals are, though these are goals paul What's what's your point? Where are you going with this? What what what's your call for action here, Paul? Or did you just want to complain? <laughs> well, you know what my theme is. My theme is to to drive it to drive the to drive a wedge through the between in the unions. I, I don't think it's savable. And I tell you what, we already this whole this Constitution has been a pact with Mephistopheles from the beginning uh, because it was based in slavery. And the fact of the matter is, we've got the same the same moronic pack of bullies trying to have it their way and to, and to uh, strike a deal with them is going to lead to more of the same. And so, yeah, I, I think that uh, to uh, split the sheets, you know, we don't need to have a, a, a big war that kills 600,000 people like the first Civil War did. You know, you, there's an amicable, amicable way to split the sheets. Just say, forget it. Goodbye. Yeah, have your own. So hey, how, how do you do that, Paul? Have, how do you do that? Well, I th- what's the problem? No, how do you, how do you, we, we've been talking for a minute here about the problem and, and probably more than we should, um, <laughs> given the, the breadth of, of issues before us today. But, but you know, if you're, if you're saying, okay, it's not working, screw it, what do you want to do? Yeah, French I Revolution? Think, think, you want to, you, you know, put a guillotine on the, on the front uh, lawn of the, of the White House? Or, or do you want to join no, the Proud I, Boys I, and start I, I shooting people up until there's so much chaos the government overreacts and, and then you've got a, a, a civil war? I mean, what do you want to do? Well, that's, that's by the way, that was one of uh, Rachel's guests last week said that that's what's coming is civil strife, uh, uh, armed conflict between the red and blue factions in various different parts of the states. Uh, I think that's and, entirely possible in a small way after the 2022 election and in a huge way after the 2024 election. I think it's entirely and possible. So as, I've been say, as I've been saying, is to start pulling in blue state progressive thing. Progressive progressivism has always grown from the ground up. It's never been from the top down from the Fed. It's just like you were talking. Uh, oh, I don't know, a few weeks come ago. on! FDR imposed progressivism from the top down, and uh, it worked well. At the, Medicare for all in Canada grew from from the ground up, from state, from province to province. Yeah, but that's the exception to the rule. Unemployment insurance didn't, Social Security didn't, Medicare didn't, Medicaid didn't, uh, food stamps didn't. They all they were all imposed from the top down. Again, where what what would your first action step be? I mean, you say blue states. I live in Oregon, which is a blue state. It's a blue state because the largest, the most populous county in the state, Multnomah County, is Portland. You know, we are surrounded by an ocean of red. And yeah, and that's that's true. Well, eastern Washington is mostly Republican. It's true in Northern but, California, too. So if you think that, you know, a blue state is going to stand up and say, we're going to declare independence, it ain't going to happen. It's All they'd be doing is declaring civil war in their own state. Okay, so what we're saying then is that in, in our first civil war, because we're more heterogeneous, we're more mixed up now. In the South, there were the, the southern states that seceded were all 
Confederate, and there weren't any uh, Union sympathists there at all. That's what you're saying, right? By and large, they had had 100 years to set that up, right. and, and particularly since the 1820s um, with the invention of the cotton gin, that's when the oligarchy really exploded and took over the South between 1820 and 1860. So, yeah, you know, there was no more so democracy in the South. The South had ceased to be a democratic part of the United States. So the, the red and blue is everywhere now. We've got red and blue everywhere. And right. I guess I would say if people who, and this is the hypocrisy of, of the Republicans and of the conservatives, is they're always willing to take the money. So I think that, yeah, if California, uh, Oregon, Washington State uh, were left to go their progressive way, I think if, if the, the Republicans who really hated that kind of crap, they'd move to Texas. But you know what? They but won't. they but they can't. It's it's not that simple, Paul. People people don't want to leave family. People don't want to leave jobs. And 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 frankly, when you're talking, you know, uh, base voters, uh, you're talking the, you know, the, the the core of both the Democratic and the Republican Party. These are people who are who don't have the economic means to say, oh yeah, I'll just sell my house here in in Oregon and move to Texas, or I'll I'll sell my house in Texas and move to Oregon. It's just, you know, it's not okay. going to happen. I mean, so, you know, so they, offer me something practical here, Paul, if, if, if you know, back up your rhetoric. I'm saying, with this I'm, I'm saying for a progressive, progressive values on a state-by-state -state basis. And, if, yeah, there's not going to be everybody in the let, state. Let me give you an alternative. It, but, this is the only way uh, that I see this is going to succeed, is we crush the Republican Party electorally in 2022 with victories like, like Gavin Newsom had over Larry Elder in California that are so large then nobody can say with a straight face that there was voter fraud or election fraud or anything else. And, and it's just indisputable and, and, and absolutely there. If we don't like, do oh, that, no, they're going to take Tom. over in 2024. And that's the end Tom. of it. You know, they're saying with a straight face now, when there's absolutely no evidence of fraud. They're still saying fraud with a straight face. So you can't say that. That, oh, if we'll just make They're it even more about, obvious. They, not, they nobody's believing that about about California. No, but not about California. But That's I'm my point. Everywhere else, in, crush them. They, look at you. Just heard about the Arizona recount, right? That even though Trump lost votes, it's just an indication that every, it was more corrupt, right? They say that with a straight face. No one was no one was uh, winking and putting their tongue in the cheek when they said that, right? right? Yeah, but that, what does that have to do with what I said? I'm saying is that what you said is that we crush them so badly. I'm telling you, they don't. It won't matter what they the, say if you crush them badly. No, no. That let them let will them go off. Let them let them continue being the guys who are convinced the CIA killed Kennedy. Let them go no, off. Uh, continue being the guys who are convinced that the moon landing was was uh, done on the back lot of CBS studios in in uh, Los Angeles. Tom, I've said and I've heard I've heard people like. Such as Adam Schiff and Rachel recently say things like uh, Donald Trump violated this 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 nation, as it were, hangs together by the observance of norms, not laws, not checks and well, balances. Both. People observing norms, and these people have stopped being willing to observe the norms of civil discourse and and, and civil. Uh, I agree, but the only yeah. two options, Paul, that I can see are we have war in the United States and a whole lot of people die and and nobody wants at least I don't want that M maybe you do I don't think now. you do or or we or we or we 
or we absolutely crush them at the polls. I don't see any other, uh, you know, any other possible outcome. Or there's a, or there's a soft coup. Um, actually, this is, I think, probably the most likely thing is 2024 comes along. You've got enough Republican states and swing states that have changed their election laws that uh, these states are now in on the on the scam. They will submit multiple. They'll submit two electoral college ballots, one showing the actual vote and one showing what their legislature wants. Congress, if Congress at that point is in particular, uh, well, Congress at that point will say, okay, you know, we've got multiple ballots. We're, we're going to throw the thing to the House. Um, and, uh, you know, all hell breaks loose. I mean, you know, it's... That's what's going to happen. That's what they're well, planning on. The one, thing, exactly the one thing that could prevent that is that Kamala Harris is the one who's supposed to count the votes. And the only way that they could overcome that would be to take control of the House and Senate. And that's where, that's why I keep saying 2022 is the one that's going to decide 2024. It's just that simple. Paul, uh, you know, I, I feel like at a certain level we're going around in circles, but I appreciate the conversation. Thank you. Carol in Manesson, Pennsylvania. Hey, Carol, what's up? Hi, Tom. Yeah, I heard over the weekend that uh, two well-known Republicans, I know one of them was Lindsey Graham. Maybe you know the name of the other one. But um, they had vetted uh, Trump way back, and they have known for quite a while that he he did not steal, that uh, Biden did not steal the election, that this was a fair and legitimate election. And yet they continue um, being silent in the face of all this. And I, I think that what's happening is uh, five years of lies from Donald Trump, virtually five years of lies, have so confused people in this country and so uh, caused so much dissension that now the truth just doesn't seem to have any meaning anymore, which is why lies are so terribly bad and why they are considered a sin, which they are. They destroy things. And I think that we need to get the truth out in this country somehow. And I hope that the networks, for one, start, you know, saying right out that Trump is lying, that he's a mm. very sick man, he's a very brutal man, and that if they do take over, that there will be a civil war. And I can't believe that even the Republicans want a civil war. Yeah. Here's and a, uh, the other thing I wanted uh, to tell no, you. Before you go to your other thing, Carol, this is Franklin Roosevelt pointing out the strategy that you're talking about. It actually worked once. Remember, a number of years ago, there was a book, Mein Kampf, written by Hitler himself. The technique was all set out in Hitler's book, and it was copied by the aggressors of Italy and Japan. According to that technique, you should never use a small falsehood. Always a big one, for its very fantastic nature would make it more credible. If only you keep repeating it over and over and over again. And here we are, Carol. What I wanted to ask you, do you have this clip by Eisenhower where he spoke about a party? If a party does not vote with morality, with moral intent, 
then eventually that party is doomed to take over this country, the country. I don't have that clip in front of me, but it's very, very good, and it's by Eisenhower. If you could pull it up, that would be wonderful. To the best Where of my knowledge, that's not a clip. That's a when morality is lost, there's going to be a takeover by that party. Yeah, I think you're talking about his 1954 letter to his brother Edgar where he said if any party should ever uh, overturn labor laws, social security, and farm supports, and there was something else he mentioned, uh, that party will never be heard from again in American history. There are a few down in Texas who believe that this is possible. Their numbers are, are negligible, and they are stupid. That was from no, that isn't the one. This is oh. a very different one. Huh. I saw it on the internet this morning. The clip of it. I'm not you familiar with it. Carol, can you tweet it at you me? If you can find it, it's very well worth hearing. They say things. He says things a lot better than I do. Can you tweet it at me, Carol? I can try. Yes. Okay, I'll look for it during the break. Thank you, Carol. Carol in Hyde Park, Illinois. Hey, Earl, what's on your mind today? Hey, buddy. How you doing, Tom? Good. Thanks for taking my call. What I wanted to say is, man, I really appreciate what you're doing as far as trying to educate the public. And uh, I'm glad that you you are repetitious because uh, you never know on any given day who might turn in, tune in, I should say, and who might be willing to listen to what you're saying. But I'm saying there are a vast majority of the people that are in uh voting operation of the Republican Party, I believe that they kind of fall into two categories. One, they just bought, you know, they just bought the, the farm and drank the Kool-Aid, man. They didn't believe anything that comes out of the talking heads' mouths is almost like, you know, godlike. And then there are others who are using the Republican Party to take advantage of financial gains and lower taxes and lower regulations and things like that. So I'm trying to say to you, Tom, keep up the good work. I appreciate what okay. you're saying. The vast majority of the people, though, that are voting Republicans basically would have two things going on. They've either bought, like you used to say, they're the dupes and the shysters. And uh, that's what uh, you were correct when you made that uh, allegation. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Earl. Although I don't generally use the word shyster because it's usually a, an anti-Semitic slur, but I get it. Mike in uh, Cleveland, Georgia. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind? Uh, I was just reflecting on all this mess. and uh, When Trump went over to China, he took Ivanka with her. When he was over there, she got about a dozen, I want to say patents, but trademarks or something or another in China, which is almost impossible to get and very expensive. Yeah, she got over 30 of them, including one on voting machines, for, one for goodness sake. voting say. machines and given the proprietary information in voting machines from China, they're getting rid of them in these states. They're not replacing them with her Chinese voting machines. Those, those if, if she is going to sell them, and I doubt that's going to happen, um, I, you know, I think that was just like a gift. You know, they just showered gifts on her. Uh, she's she and Jared have their money. They got their billion dollars from from the Middle East. You know they don't. You know you don't they're, think, they're, they're you don't in that'll be the machines no. that they replace these four state machines with. No, no, they're going to go back to their original vendors, Dominion, ESNS, and Diebold, if Diebold's even still around. But they're going to go back to their original vendors. Well, that's a that's a relief if you're right. That would yeah. be a, a blessing. But it just looks to me like it's almost too. Uh, too convenient. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's 
the perfect stuff to make conspiracy theories, but uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think I don't think there's anything there yet. Mike, thanks for the call. Let's try Sydney in Moore Park, California. Hey, Sydney, what's on your mind? Hi. Oh, Tom, I'm right with you, and I feel the echo of what you're trying to say. And I don't know, but I feel like as a volunteer that we can't get regressive. When we talk in terms of cynicism, that's not progressivism anymore. And um, no, cynicism is poison. It's poison. Um, the reason I know this is because I just put my kids in a progressive school. Um, we're feeling racial oppression and discrimination towards disabilities. So here's the thing. It's not about, like, like you say, like just sitting there and dwelling in our cynicism and planning civil wars. It's literally like the power of our vote. Remember, like, why am I here? My mom is 82 and is a single Latina woman who put, me, put three kids through college. Well, how does she do that? Well, her head, you know, our family's heads didn't get cut off in what is that would have happened. So there's some form of freedom of speech that we're striving for. But the only way we're going to get there is representation. And that's exactly what Trump is so afraid of. Yes, absolutely. And it's what the Republicans are afraid of. And it's why the message, just give up. Both parties are the same. Uh, nothing you can do. That's the principal message of the of the uh, trolls that are coming out of Russia and China and, uh, and apparently the Middle East, the UAE. And not to mention, you know, the right wingers. And we can't take it seriously. We've got to work. Sydney, thank you. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Tom Hartman here with you. Okay, I wanted to talk about Christian cinema. This is fascinating. The Democratic Party of Arizona. Day before yesterday, on Saturday, the Democratic Party of Arizona passed a, re a resolution. Now, again, you know, just like the, the, the Germans uh, voting to nationalize, uh, you know, the, 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 the housing in, in Berlin, this was non-binding. This was a, a sense of the will of the party. But by 91%, the the... People in the Democratic Party, these are the folks who show up. I mean, they just, you know, the, the party insiders uh, promised a vote of no confidence if she refuses to filibuster, or if refuses to back reforming the filibuster, or if she votes against President Biden's Build Back Better bill, or the reconciliation bill. The committee uh, wrote that they want Sinema to be successful, but, quote, if she continues to delay, disrupt, or vote to gut the reconciliation package of its necessary funding, we will go officially on record and give Sinema, Senator Sinema a vote of no confidence. The Arizonans who did the work to elect Sinema have had enough of her betraying the voters who put her in office. It's time for her to show that bare minimum of accountability and stop obstructing the, the agenda the Democrats, including her, campaigned on and were elected to deliver. This is what 90, I'm, this is, I'm reading to you from the, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, this is from Kai Newkirk, a Democratic or organizer in Arizona, what he had to say. Cinema is setting her political future on fire, he says, if she doesn't change course dramatically and soon it will be too late. Ron Wyden, my senator here, he's the chair of the Senate Finance Committee. Uh, he, can, he confirmed that the Senate Majority Leader uh, that would be uh, Chuck Schumer, had asked him to craft legislation that would put a price on carbon emissions. 
but to ensure that the policy would respect Biden's pledge not to raise taxes on families earning over $400,000. Uh, other senators and aides have confirmed at the moment that what is uh, driving the opposition to this at the moment is, uh, is, uh, Ms. Zena, is, is cinema. Oh, actually, she's driving the movement toward it, if I'm reading this right. We've got a lot of members who care very deeply about this, Wyden said. Other senators and Senate aides have confirmed the driver at the moment is Ms. Cinema, the iconoclastic. She's, oh, she's already said she cannot back a budget plan that spends three and a half trillion. Uh, this, this, and, and, and who's behind all this, uh, this dark money group that was uh, created by uh, Wall Street hedge funds, it's called No Labels. And they run a caucus in the Democratic Party called the, and, and the Republican Party called the, the Problem Solvers Caucus. They're funded by No Labels. No Labels is funded by Wall Street. So we got that. Uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty bizarre stuff. And then there's one other thing I wanted to point out to you. When the Texas anti-abortion law went into effect, Everybody expected the Supreme Court to block it. It first had to go through the Fifth Circuit. And Sam Alito, each, each member of the Supreme Court is, is uh, in charge of one of the circuits. There's nine circuits and there's nine members of the court. Back in the day, they used to what's called ride the circuit. They used to actually preside over the circuit courts. Now they just have first say, basically. And so it went to Sam Alito whether to immediately stop implementation of the Texas law. And it was Sam Alito who said, no, we're not going to stop implementation of it as the head of the Fifth Circuit. Well, now we're hearing from Sidney Powell, Trump's former lawyer, in a piece over on her website, defendingtherepublic.org. This is the January 6th rant that she's got. And she said, Speaker Pelosi, and she's talking about why Nancy Pelosi had a vote right after they cleared the Capitol building rather than waiting until the next morning. She said, Speaker Pelosi had to act quickly to prevent Justice Alito from enjoining application of the Electoral Count Act and throwing a big wrench in the Democrats' coup. In other words, uh, you know, Alito could have intervened. The Democrats' coup that she's talking about is Joe Manchin became president. Keep in mind the language, you know, we're talking about Alice's rabbit hole here. Um, but had Pelosi not rushed, the outcome of the case could have been different because Sam Alito could have stopped the electoral count and invoked the Electoral Count Act of 1877, which would have thrown the election to the House of Representatives where the Republicans control 26 out of 50 votes, or 26 out of 50 states, excuse me. Well, there, it would be 50 votes. This is pretty mind-boggling stuff when you think about it. Sam Alita? Sam Alita, you'll recall, is the guy who also uh, whispered to uh, Barack Obama during a State of the Union address that he was lying that Citizens United would corrupt our politics. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Dan in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Hey, Dan, thanks for listening to SiriusXM. What's on your mind today? Hey, Tom, how are you doing today? Good. What's up? Good, nothing. Hey, I just wanted to touch base on uh, Kirsten Cinema. You got a little excited there, and I need to throw some water on that fire, man. Um, <laughs> I think, well, I'm just going on how she's acting in, uh, you know, the past and uh, how things have worked out in the past for other uh, congressional people that were bought off. I don't think she cares about her uh, seat anymore, Tom. I don't think it matters to her. I don't think the no-confidence vote matters to her. Corporate interests already bought her. She has a future. She doesn't have a future in politics anymore. She gave that up whenever she decided to go against her party. So that's done. She, she can either go Republican, which she wouldn't win, like you said uh, you know, a couple months ago, She's not going to win the Republican nominee, so she's going to be a lobbyist. That's what that's what happens in, in D.C. whenever you're paid off, especially by these people that she's with. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the uh, it's just it's sad. I wish I wish in a perfect world, you know, uh, the Arizona Democrats could, you know, put enough pressure on her to change her mind and be like, OK, all right. Yeah, it's too much pressure. I don't think it's going to happen because I think she's already taken care of. You know, and that scares me, really. I, and I, I think Manchin's the same I, way. I, I think that analysis is probably accurate. And, and at the risk of, of uh, uh, excessively psychoanalyzing somebody, but nonetheless, I'm going to. I'm going to speculate here. I, I view her as a tragic, lost soul kind of person. I mean, you know, she started out in politics as, as one of these people who just, like, wants to be acknowledged and noticed and loved and and uh, you know desperately just desperately and you see this i, I i've seen this in, in uh, you know there are some actors i know who are just like talented and it's an art for them and then there's other people i know who just desperately want to be famous same thing in politics there are some politicians who are really really good at what they do and they care about the job they're doing and there are others who are there because they just want to be famous and you know she started out um, at the city level, worked her way up through politics, did it as a green first, very, very progressive, very populist. And then, you know, and, and then I think she thought being the John McCain, the Democratic John McCain is a great little niche for me here in Arizona. I'll be the, the maverick uh, because it worked so well for John McCain. Well, it worked well for John McCain because most, by and large, most people weren't happy with Republican policies. <laughs> and and, and you know, John McCain would occasionally stand up to them. 
But people are broadly happy with Democratic politics, so it's blown up in her face. And I don't know if she's going to have a future even as a lobbyist, frankly. I mean, you know, we'll can, see. Can, unless unless she I makes a U-turn, which I think she's I think there's a good possibility that she's going to say, you know, if I'm going to politically survive and if I am going to be loved and famous, I'm going to have to leave this craziness behind me and become like Mark Kelly, you know, a good progressive member of the Senate. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Um, so let me posit this to, to you for a second, just for your consideration. So she, whenever she was going through local politics up into the state level, she made everybody know that she grew up homeless. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, her mom lost her job and they were on the streets for a while. And she wanted to work on all these policies, you know, to help the the working poor to make it, uh, you know, make their life better. So do you think maybe it's a psychological thing where, you know, somebody comes with a bag of money and like, I know you grew up poor. You've never seen this kind of money before. Here you go, baby. You just got to vote this way, though, for, you know, but this money's yours. You never had this kind of money before. You know, remember living out of your car again we can make that happen too you know i don't know it's just kind of like the 180 that she pulled i feel like it might be a mental thing too i don't know it could be uh you know i i was uh, uh back when when this hit me i i told louise about this i louise and i were walking you know we we walked for a couple miles every day and we were taking our walk and and i was just thinking about you know some of the things i do and why i do them and it suddenly hit me um that I'm the oldest of four boys, and every two years, basically, my parents would have another <laughs> another younger brother. And I grew up very uncertain. I mean, I never doubted that my parents loved me, but I but I grew up desperately trying to compete with my brothers for my father's approval. And yeah. and my father's been dead for 15 years. But um, what hit me as I was walking on the trail is that I'm still driven, right? I'm still working, you know, as a, a 12 and 13 hour day, seven days a week. And, and I'm still trying to get my dad's approval. And, you know, thank God I've been able to channel that, that drivenness into something that's productive. And mm -hmm. this is, and, and I've seen so many, you know, articles over the years about oldest child syndrome and, or, or more frequently, that people who really, really hit the high levels, you know, people who just obsessively try to climb to the top, um, you know, the Bill Clintons of the world do so because they actually lost a parent when they were young. It's a real common story about people who had, you know, one of their parents died before they were in their 20s, and it so affected them that they've spent the rest of their lives, again, trying to impress this dead parent. And, and I, I think that there, you know, and some people, uh, turn that, you know, to turn that into gold, like Bill Clinton did in a way. Although he was also so desperate for love that he ended up with Monica, right? Um, but other people turn it into poison, and they end up in jail because they're, you know, they're 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 trying to just steal what they what they're going to get or whatever. But I think that there's uh, something really deep that's driving her, and I I hope that she can get that met by once again becoming a progressive that would be my hope for her and i and i hope that the democratic party will offer her an opportunity for redemption in that regard um because uh you know it, it's it's not going to be good for us if she decides that you know she wants to be a star but being a star with the democrats didn't work so hey let's be a star with the republicans you just never know and again i you know i could be totally bs on all of this because Anytime you try to, you know, psychoanalyze somebody else that you don't actually really know and haven't had, uh, and don't have their permission, you're you're likely probably wrong anyway. But uh, you know, I'll throw it out there. Dan, thanks for the call. Um, Zeke in Portland. Hey, Zeke, what's on your mind today? Tom, 
I am I am high on endorphins from all the endorphin hits I've been getting every time I hear you use the F word today. I'm talking about fascist and fascism. Uh, yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, uh, I just wanted to clear something up for you. Carol was on, uh, I don't know, 90 minutes ago, an hour ago, uh, about one of the Eisenhower uh, quotes, and I have it right here in front of me. Go for it. And if, it, if a political party does not have its foundation in the determination to advance a cause that is right and that is moral, then it is not a political party. It is merely a conspiracy to seize power. And I would, I would argue that Eisenhower would be very comfortable looking at what's going on with what's left of the Republican Party. It is not just a garden variety conspiracy to seize power. It is a fascist conspiracy to seize power. Yeah. If I, I, I used that quote about a month ago, and then I promptly forgot that it was there because it would have been the perfect epigraph, you know, the little quote to put at the top of an article for today's op-ed over at HartmanReport.com, uh, my opening rant, you know, that the Republican Party of my father is dead and that, and that this, is, uh, this is where we're at, and it's just not a good place. But, Zeke, thank you for that. Thank you very much for, for, uh, for finding that and for sharing it with us. And, uh, and it's so true. Eisenhower understood it. Eisenhower nailed it. Eisenhower, in my opinion, was the last legitimately elected and largely uncorrupt Republican president in the history of, of my lifetime, in the history of, this, you know, of, of the modern era of American politics. And then we got the crook, Nixon, and it was off to the races from there. Victor in Salem, Oregon. Hey, Victor, what's on your mind today? Oh, hey, Tom. I think we really, your show is just great. It covers so much territory. Thank you. And your people that call in are so smart. But, you know, it may be that the uh, $3.5 trillion plan may not go through. And it's you can blame it on the Democrats, but let's face it, every single Republican voted against helping the American family. We really have to campaign on that in 2022 because... Not a single Republican voted to help out American families. And that's the only issue, the major issue, that should help Democrats win and sweep in 2022. Don't you think? I do. I absolutely do. And, but, you know, the, the, the problem, the, the actual sabotage is not, the Republicans, you know, are effectively out of power right now. So while they can do a lot of damage, they can't really sabotage things as well as Democrats can. And right now you've got this uh, dark money, big pharma group that is running ads in the congressional districts of uh, congressmen. These are all Democrats. Scott Peters from California, Kurt Schrader from Oregon, Kathleen Rice from New York, Stephanie Murphy in Florida, Lou Correa in California, and Josh Gottheimer in New Jersey who I've been seeing all over TV. And uh, these guys have all been bought off by Big Pharma, and they are working to not allow Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices. And uh, I believe most, if not all of them, are also members of the so-called Problem Solvers Caucus, which, as I mentioned earlier, is owned by uh, No Labels, which was started by Wall Street bigwigs, you know, hedge funds and whatnot. So, so you know, we've got we've got some serious corruption within the Democratic Party that we've got to deal with. Okay, nearly one in four people in the United States still struggle with food insecurity, according to a new poll. 
This is mind-boggling. A new poll finds that this is from uh, the Associated Press and the NORC Center for Public Affairs Research. So this is a, a solid poll. This isn't some obscure group, the Associated Press. 23% of people in the United States haven't been able to get enough to eat or haven't been able to get the kinds of foods that they want. In other words, they're having to, to eat uh, out of a 7-Eleven or fast food because they can't, they, either they live in a food desert or they can't afford decent food. And this, of course, is one of the things that leads you know, to malnutrition-induced obesity, essentially, um, is, is uh, this problem. And it's probably one of the reasons why we have one of the most one of the highest obesity rates in the world, right here in the United States. One in four people in the United States cannot afford food. Things have recently gotten worse for people with the cutoff of the federal unemployment benefits. Those expired, what was it, last week? I'm, 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 or maybe they're going to expire at the end of this week. Um, but they've, they've expired very recently or are just about to. This is the additional, I think the additional $300 a week expired at the first of the month at the end of August on the 1st of September. And uh, the SNAP program, the, exp the expanded uh, what we call food stamps, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, that expires on Thursday of this week. Food insecurity, which means literally a family doesn't have enough food to feed themselves at least you know, a certain number of nights every month. Food insecurity for families and children has gone from 6.5% in 2019 to 7.6% in 2020. That's across all families. But if you look at black households, food insecurity went from 19% in 2019 to 21.7% in 2020. We don't have numbers yet for 2021, but it's continuing to get bad. And now they're looking at 23%. 23% of Americans. I guess those are the numbers for, for 2021. This is grim stuff. We'll be back tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. Get out there, get active, tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Thanks again for being with us. And uh, tag, you're it. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.